take a moment to make sure that you're warm enough and that you are comfortable. Rest your hands loosely in your lap and now close your eyes. Take a long, slow, deep breath in, hold it for a moment and then slowly exhale. Welcome to our episode of the NeuroEpic podcast series. I'm Ali Ritchie. And I'm Regina Anashenko. And today we'll be talking about the role of mindfulness-based practices on the body and mind. What you just heard was a 30-second clip of a 10-minute guided meditation, a type of mindfulness-based practice that we'll be discussing in this podcast. Regina, can you explain what mindfulness-based stress reduction is, and can you give me some examples of practices? Absolutely. Mindfulness-based stress reduction practices are techniques that help individuals self-manage worrisome, intrusive thoughts. Mindfulness-based stress reduction is also known as MBSR. A few examples of well-known mindfulness-based practices include yoga, sitting and walking meditation, repetitive prayer, or other therapeutic practices that allow an individual to become more aware of their own physical and mental condition in that particular moment. That makes sense, but why is this important? Well, ironically, in a world that is exploding with new technology, more and more individuals are feeling disconnected with others and with themselves. As Anderson Cooper stated on 60 Minutes, I'm on mobile devices all day long. I feel like I could go through an entire day and not be present. It's exhausting. As a way to remedy this disconnection with oneself and relieve everyday stress, mindfulness-based practices have been on the rise, especially in workplaces and hospitals. But do these mindfulness-based practices actually work? Well, we believe so. While there are many skeptics of this type of medicine, we hear stories of medical patients who have greatly improved their symptoms using some of these techniques. Although some consider it to be a miracle, these stories really make us question the role of this type of practice on the body. For example, take the recent case seen at Duke University, where a woman diagnosed with stage four breast cancer enrolled in an eight week MBSR program. This patient had such high anxiety that she couldn't go more than five minutes without worrying about her family. But after just two short months of therapy, she was able to focus on other things for days at a time without having any constant anxiety. Could mindfulness-based practices like meditation or yoga actually be altering the way our bodies work, simultaneously increasing our resilience to disease while fighting mental disorders? Well, that's what we hope to answer in this podcast. While it's still early, emerging research has shown us that this may in fact be a possibility. Mindfulness-based practices can actually change the way our genes are expressed and this can play a beneficial role in our overall mental and physical health. Before we can explain the ways in which mindfulness-based practices change our brain and body, we first need to explain the biological mechanisms behind this idea. Think of the human body as a long play. 
the smallest units of our bodies, the cells, play the actors and actresses. These actors are all following a biological script, which we call DNA. Genes are specific lines of the script that direct the actor's actions through their scenes. Each cell in our body contains the same exact DNA script, regardless of whether it's an eye cell, a heart cell, or a toe cell. But why are these cells so different if they contain the same exact script? The answer is something called epigenetics. The role of epigenetics is to function as the director. While the actors and script stay the same, the director has the ability to change the production, either by altering who's on stage at what time, or by modifying the way each actor reads his or her script. Putting this in terms of our body, each cell has the same DNA, but not every gene or instruction is directed to be on in every cell, and this is due to various epigenetic mechanisms. So, for example, for the eye cells, only the eye genes are expressed, while the heart genes are silenced. The expression of different genes, known as gene expression, is a driving force that makes each cell type unique. It is what gives each and every cell in our body its own job. Determining which genes are on or off in each cell depends on whether the epigenetic director has modified that cell script and where exactly the director may have made the changes. There are different tags on the DNA that decide whether or not that gene should be accessed. Some of these tags were given to us when we were born while others are given to us from the environment we live in, the food we eat, and the interactions that we have with others. These environmental tags are called epigenetic marks. Once the DNA is tagged, there are a variety of different mechanisms by which specific genes will be expressed or silenced, depending on the chemical makeup of the tag. In terms of the play, the director can mark up the script so certain lines or scenes are included or excluded. For example, they can be highlighted, crossed out, or underlined. Wait, but how does this relate to our discussion of mindfulness-based practices? Well, actually, this is where they come in. A number of recent studies have looked at differential gene expression before and after mindfulness-based practices to see whether they provide health benefits, have therapeutic potential, or make epigenetic changes to our genomes. Across observational trials, cross-sectional studies, and experimental studies looking at the beneficial effects of mindfulness-based practices, there have been a few epigenetic outcomes that stand out. These include decreased NFKB-related pro-inflammatory gene expression, down-regulation of HDACs or histone deacetylases, and differentially methylated regions of the genome. But don't worry, we'll elaborate on what all of these mechanisms mean in the next few minutes. Regina, do you want to explain one of these studies? Sure. One of the epigenetic changes we see is with the NFKB genes, which are pro-inflammatory genes that are part of a pathway involved in the inflammatory stress response. Pro-inflammatory genes are ones that cause inflammation and often make diseases worse. In a multitude of psychiatric illnesses, including clinical depression, gene expression levels of pro-inflammatory genes are increased 
or other no otherwise known as upregulated. A study conducted by David Black and his colleagues explored the effects of yoga and meditation on expression levels of pro-inflammatory genes and antiviral genes in family dementia caregivers. Antiviral genes are those that reduce the ability of harmful viruses to survive and replicate in the body. To do so, they randomly assigned 39 caregivers to either practice Kirtan Kriya meditation, also known as KKM, for 12 minutes daily for eight whole weeks, or to listen to relaxing music for the same amount of time. What is KKM? Well, KKM is a meditation chanting practice that is guided by a CD. In this case, it was done at the same time every single day. It takes around 12 minutes to complete and consists of silent focus, finger movements, chanting, deep breathing, and visualization of light. Okay, thanks for clarifying. Did they find anything after the eight weeks had passed? Yes. In fact, the researchers examined each person's DNA to look for changes in gene expression between the groups. They found a decrease in expression of pro-inflammatory genes and an increase in expression of antiviral genes in the meditation group when compared to the relaxing music group, otherwise known as the control group. Since caregivers of people with dementia have previously been found to have worse mental health and a poorer immune response than controls, these results demonstrate a possible benefit of meditation on the health and immune capabilities of these individuals. Allie, could you tell us about another potential epigenetic mechanism that mindfulness-based practices work through? Sure. I'll explain a mechanism called histone deacetylation. Histone deacetylation is a mechanism that removes a type of epigenetic tag mentioned earlier that can occur due to a person's interactions with the environment. This process is done by enzymes, which are tools that make the cell function, known as histone deacetylases, or HDACs. Their primary role is to remove acetyl groups from proteins known as histones. When acetyl groups are removed, the histones will tighten their grip on the DNA, prohibiting that DNA from being read. So, let me clarify. Thinking of this in our original analogy, if the DNA acts as a script in the play, then the histone deacetylases act as markers that cross out portions of the script so that the actors and actresses no longer know their lines and don't include that specific scene in the play. Enzymes will act as all the various tools that you could use to either highlight, underline, or cross out the various scenes in the play. Yeah, exactly. Great. So have there been any studies that look at the role of mindfulness-based practices in histone deacetylation? Well, in 2013, Perla Kalaman and her research group analyzed the effect of intensive mindfulness meditation on epigenetic changes to genes in the bloodstream. A group of 40 individuals, 21 meditation-naive participants, and 19 long-term meditators were studied both before and after an intensive day of mindfulness meditation or leisure time. The control group was engaged in activities that didn't include mindfulness practice, while the long-term meditators engaged in mindfulness-based activities 
such as an inspirational meditation talk, a guided sitting practice, and a guided walking meditation. In addition, participants completed the Trier Social Stress Test, or the TSST, which is an acute psychological stress test to look at the association of a lab-induced stressor on which genes are on and off. Okay, so what exactly did the study find? Well, they found that after the intervention, the meditation group actually showed a decrease in the expression of histone deacetylases 2, 3, and 9. Upon discovering this, the researchers decided to investigate whether or not there was a relationship between these decreased HDAC levels and expression of pro-inflammatory genes. They saw a significant decrease of pro-inflammatory genes in the mindfulness meditation group. That all sounds great, but what do these results actually mean in everyday terms? Well, these findings show that an intensive day of mindfulness meditation seems to trigger an anti-inflammatory response that is not observed after the same period of time in controls. So, what this study actually implies is that there are possible benefits from mindfulness-based practices. In addition to these complicated mechanisms that we've just discussed, this study also looked at something as simple as hormone changes that occur after a lab-induced stressor in controls, which were the meditation-naive participants, compared to the long-term meditators. The researchers looked at cortisol, also known as a stress hormone, and its recovery levels from the Trier stress test at the very beginning of the study, and then 12 weeks later, so they can see if the genes that they previously found to be differentially expressed could predict cortisol recovery. What they found was that the lower levels of HDAC2 and pro-inflammatory genes that were found in the long-term meditators were actually associated with better cortisol recovery compared to controls. In other words, the meditators could bounce back from stress more easily, a benefit in everyday life. These observations taken together could potentially explain the underlying reason that this epigenetic regulation by HDACs that is influenced by meditation could have therapeutic benefits. Interestingly, Another study led by Dr. Javier Garcia Campayo revealed epigenetic regulation of genes involved in common diseases through an entirely different mechanism than we have already mentioned. Remember, we previously said that the way the environment controls gene expression depends on the chemical makeup of the tag it puts onto the DNA or histone proteins, like the way marking up the script, crossing out or highlighting, changes the ways the actors and actresses portray the scenes. Well, the type of tag these researchers were looking at is one that adds methyl groups directly to the DNA, which act to block the DNA from being read. Similar to our previous analogy, the methyl groups act as red pens on the script. They decrease the visibility of the lines to ensure that the actors and actresses can't get access to these specific lines in the scene. So in this study, the researchers analyzed each person's DNA, otherwise known as their genomes, to look at differentially methylated regions of the DNA of white blood cells. White blood cells are cells involved in the immune response and combating diseases. 
they decided to look at this in 17 long-term mindfulness meditators as well as 17 members of a control group, which consisted of family or friends of the meditators who lived somewhat of a similar lifestyle. They found 64 differentially methylated regions in the meditators when comparing to the controls. And these 64 regions were associated with 43 different genes. In most of these regions, 45 out of the 64, the DNA was hypomethylated, meaning that there was less methylation. This less methylation allows protein building machinery to access these genes more easily. So are these 64 differentially methylated regions related to genes involved in human diseases? Well, Allie, actually they are. The researchers found that of the 64, 16 of the differentially methylated regions were located in genes associated with neurological or psychiatric diseases, and 15 differentially methylated regions were in genes involved in cardiovascular or immune diseases, as well as cancer. So, what conclusions can we draw from these statements? Well, the results from this study show a correlation between long-term mindfulness meditation and methylation changes in specific genes. And these specific genes are involved in common human diseases, indicating that they could influence our body's immune response to harmful germs. Wow, Regina, that's really interesting. To conclude, we just want to reinstate how valuable mindfulness-based practices are to your body. Over the past 20 years, we've seen an exponential increase in the prescription of SSRIs, SNRIs, and many other medications for clinical depression. While experiments have shown a biochemical route of action that is beneficial to some patients, there are often many unwanted side effects that come with taking these drugs. This has led individuals to explore alternative routes, including mindfulness-based practices to help alleviate symptoms of many human diseases. Although the research is still very new, there's a substantial evidence that mindfulness-based practices such as yoga and meditation have the ability to change the way our cells perform on a daily basis. We hope that research continues on meditation-based practices and their therapeutic role in health and well-being. And we also hope that causal relationships can be identified as opposed to correlational. We believe that the art of mindfulness-based practices can have the ability to not only help center oneself, but improve overall mental and physical well-being through the various epigenetic mechanisms that we discussed. Some of these include histone deacetylation, DNA methylation, and gene expression of pro-inflammatory genes. Thank you.